The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Patrick Walker, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. All right, Cowboys Nation, I hope you have your Black Rifle coffee ready because we've got to talk. We've got something to go through here over the next 45 minutes that didn't necessarily go to plan last night for Cowboys Nation, for the Cowboys across the way, for anybody not named the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Things did not look good last night for the Dallas Cowboys, and we're going to break it all down for you here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. 19-3, to the final score is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady and company invade AT&T Stadium and come away with a win. And to add insult to injury, Dallas does not get off the ground offensively, and Dak Prescott will miss some time as well. But Rob Phillips, Patrick Walker, Isaiah Stanback, Chris Beam, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us. And Rob, let's let's talk about it. You were there last night. Both you and Patrick were in the building. Isaiah and I were here doing pre- and post-game duties. But what were your thoughts on last night and, and what ultimately unfolded? Uh, from, from bad to worse, basically. Uh, from as, as bad of an overall loss as you can imagine to start an NFL season and then you lose your starting quarterback on top it's the worst possible ending to week one and you mentioned I mean every the the whole perspective of not only the game we're going to get into the game 19 to 3 but the early season the first half of the season now has changed it's turned on its head because you mentioned Dak he's set for surgery today is the plan it is going to be uh you know, the, the reports, preliminary reports say six to eight weeks. That is accurate. There's nothing official from the team yet. They're going to take a look at it once they do the surgery. But it could be a couple months. Uh, it could be a little less than that. Once they do this, you know, they, whatever they do in there, they stabilize it. It could uh, accelerate the healing. But the f- bottom line is, you just mentioned it, Kyle, like they struggled enough offensively with their franchise quarterback. And now they got to find a way to manufacture without it. It just um, – no C and I were in the press box. We didn't want to be prisoners of the moment. You know, we were right. talking about what's, is this the worst Cowboys loss you can remember? It's not the worst, but when you factor in the expectations, the fact that you think this is going to be a pretty competitive team, uh, the way you struggled offensively all night, we'll get into that. And then losing your starting quarterback for several weeks. It's, it's, it's a triple whammy. It's as bad as it can be after one week. And, and you're in last place, by the way. 0-1, the rest of the division found a way to win the football games yesterday. It's exactly what Rob said, like he and I discussed last night in the press box. We, we don't want to be prisoners of the moment and, you know, and say it's, okay, it's it's the, the worst Cowboys loss ever. No, it's not. Um, but it is easily one of Dak Prescott's worst performances mm-hmm. of his NFL career. Uh, that That's just unequivocal. And more concerning is – when you compound that with the injury that's going to have him out a couple months, you needed you were thinking the whole time, okay, this is bad. Oh, wow, this is getting worse. This is getting worse. This is getting worse. So pre, prior to the injury, you're, you know, as the game starts to get 
into the middle of the fourth quarter, you're like, okay, let's let's start moving to week two. Let's hit the reset button. Let's figure out what they can do to bounce back. Maybe next week the chemistry reemerges between Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb and starts to emerge with some of these backup guys like Noah Brown, et cetera, et cetera. But now you're not going to have Dak Prescott back on the field for two months, give or take. And when he comes back, he's coming back to a situation where, hey, when he left, there wasn't chemistry feeding off of week one. Yeah. So that needs to be established because it has not been established. And now it's the Cooper Rush show. But can, what's, the, what's the leash on Cooper Rush versus Will Greer? And are the Cowboys truly confident enough in Will Greer slash Cooper Rush over a two-month period to potentially not bring in someone as a, a veteran backup? If you hold the great TB12 to 12 points at the half Mm. to only one touchdown, and it took a Herculean effort from Mike Evans to get that touchdown. You have to win this game. You have to win this game. Micah Parsons did what we said Micah Parsons was going to do. Trevon Diggs stepped up big in coverage, the pass breakup in the end zone uh, following the interception, the additional pass breakup to stop another third down, potential third down conversion. The defense did what they were supposed to do. Yes, they they wet the bed in run defense, but you know what? If you tell me you're going to allow Leonard Fournette to quote-unquote go off for 127 yards, but Tom Brady's only going to have one touchdown, I tell you, you win that game. Yeah. Because Fournette didn't even have a touchdown. You got to win this game, but you didn't, and now you're in a situation where it not only goes from bad to worse, it goes from bad to hell week, and mm. that's where they are right now, Isaiah. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be bad. Uh, <laughs> that's my South Park right there. Um, it's not a good situation. You know, I think, Rob, you hit it. Um, did I mention the actual injury? I'm sorry. No, please do. He, I mean, he fractured. He fra- obviously, if you hadn't seen the, you know by now, he fractured his thumb or somewhere above the yeah, joint the in his right thumb. I, th- I thought maybe it wasn't that bad, Isaiah, just because when Tony Romo fractured his pinky finger in 2008, he hit a helmet. He mm-hmm. didn't hit a helmet last night. Thought that you know maybe be okay, but pinky, no. as a quarterback, as a thrower. Before I get into my other point, a pinky is important. Okay, but I, I honestly can still throw a good ball without my pinky. All right, your thumb, you can't do that's, a dog on thing. Control. You can't grip that's it. You can't grip, grip it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your, strength. That your thumb strength. is absolutely everything. That's the only finger that's on one side of the ball. Yeah. That's a great way to put it, yeah. So you can't play without your thumb. So the people that want to make a comparison between Dak, oh, Dak, you know, in Roma, you can play without a pinky. I, you can cut my pinky off, and I can still throw a spiral. Mm. You can, my thumb? Bet. You're not, sounds, you're like not a, sounds like a flex there. Let's try it. <laughs> no, that's Challenge. Not <laughs> I'm not running live. Challenge. <laughs> Challenge. Um, but in terms of, you know, what happened yesterday, you know, you just hit it right on the head. You have to win that ball game. Yes. But you don't. And your defense did everything that they possibly could do to give you an opportunity. Now, was there things that you would like to see shirt up? Absolutely. But you're playing a really good team in the NFL. You're going to give somewhere. They, they, they took care of TB12 passing-wise for the most part. There's still some remnants of big plays that you don't want to see show up that we saw last year, even though they balled out last year defensively. So there's things that Dan Quinn obviously wants to tidy up, but in terms of giving your offense an opportunity to, to win the ball game, they definitely did that. First five possessions, they forced five field goals. You have to give yourself a chance because at some point in time, as we were talking about yesterday in the studio, Kyle, it's going to break down. 
it's going to break down. That wall, you give somebody a sledgehammer and let them keep chipping away at a brick wall, eventually they're going to get a seam. And and that's exactly what happened. The whole wall came tumbling down. And unfortunately, now the Dallas Cowboys are in about as bad as a situation as they could have ever ridden, uh, you know, ridden up. They were bending on defense. They bent. Yes. yes. They never broke at all. I mean, that, and that's a credit to the defense and what you expect them to do throughout. And honestly, in the second half, I thought they played phenomenal ball in the second half in terms of the defense and what they were able to do. Sure, they gave up some rushing yards like Patrick just mentioned a moment ago. But the fact that you were able to limit Tom Brady, you didn't shut him down, but you definitely limited him. And with Mike Evans, Julio Jones started off super hot. First quarter, he came out firing. They gave him on a, a wide receiver sweep. They had him in motion quite a bit. He came out and looked really, really good. Uh, he didn't really do a whole lot. Mike Evans caught a couple passes, caught the big touchdown pass. He didn't necessarily have the best game of his career either. You gave your offense every chance you could to go down the field, put together a drive, and put points on the board. And the only time they ever did that was on their own on the opening drive of the football game. They scored on the opening drive, went down, kicked a field goal, and then from that point forward, it was nothing. Went to bed. Nothing. They went to bed. Offensively. Yeah, yeah. That's what's frustrating. Is yeah. is And we knew this going into it. What did we talk about off, all offseason long that were problem spots and that were going to come up at some point along the way? Offensive line depth even on the offensive line so those two things kind of compared just talent and depth offensive line wise we already had a question mark on check both of those things were affected the game last night wide receiving core depth at the wide receiving core and separation there was nearly None. no separation throughout the entire night Dennis Houston didn't, didn't get separation CD Lamb got targeted 11 times he only had two receptions for 29 yards I, I mean it, it, that's where Cowboys Nation is hopeless right now because it's the questions and the concerns you had all offseason long. Not only were they weren't addressed, but they were magnified in week one. Yeah, and I mean, I guess you, you could throw backup quarterback in that mix too, but sure. but but Cooper Rush won them a start last year, and that's why they felt like, okay, we'll roll with him this year, and they're going to roll with him for the foreseeable future now, it looks like. Um, you guys mentioned the defense. I get the pride of the defense. Like, not not just bend but don't break, but when it came right down to it, stiffening up on third down time and time again. And Micah Parsons obviously kind of led the way there to Marcus Lawrence. But, yeah, like people want to point to 2018, I feel like, when you watch this offense and, oh, oh Lord, it's back to they don't have a, a receiver group they feel good about to help Dak. Honestly, this game reminded me of down the stretch last season. Well, I mean, mm. the defense was – that's that's what a large part of those games after the bye week was very similar, where the defense is like, we're giving you a chance here. We're giving you a chance. We're getting you a stop. We're getting no takeaways. But the offense couldn't do anything with it. And and they are – now they're compromised injury-wise, and they don't have the same talent level. They just don't have the same talent level at key spots than they did last year. They told us they weren't worried about it. It's time to worry about it right well, now. Here's the thing. Number one, the offensive line depth. Ironically, got tested last night. Connor no Obama doubt. goes down with what is being labeled as a high ankle sprain. We'll get more information on him today or, you know, probably tomorrow. Uh, Mike, Matt Farniak has to come in. He's, he's a center, but he has to come in at left guard and play it out. Uh, quick positive, Tyler Smith played well in his debut. 
that that's a positive. There you know? were moments, but yeah, I, there, overall, yeah, no yeah, doubt. But he did not have nearly as many growing pains as you would have been concerned about him potentially having having no snaps at left tackle in training camp. So for the most part, there's there's a positive there. But O-line depth getting challenged early in the season for the Cowboys as well. This wide receiver, this wide receiver core. When you, when the defense, as you stated, Yomas, when this defense is giving you chances as an offense, chances and chances, and as a matter of fact, they're deleting your mistakes. The ill-advised interception from Dak Prescott then turns around, and and what do they do? Michael Parsons, second sack in as many is in as many series. Yep, in the red zone, again against Tom Brady. He's he's giving you chances. Trevon Diggs, they're giving you chances, and you can't muster more than the field goal from the opening possession. And two things were happening simultaneously, and it's one of those things where one was impacting the other. So it was just a tailspin, right? Dak Prescott was just playing abysmal football. Let's just mm-hmm. call it what it was, right? We're not doing him any favors by saying the duck was a pony. He knows it was a duck. Yeah. Okay. But equally true is this wide receiver core. We we have to look at CeeDee Lamb. You want to be the guy. You want to wear the crown. This is what comes with wearing the crown. When yeah. you look at that stat line at a certain point before Dak Prescott leaves and it says 10 targets, one catch, 29 yards and no touchdowns, that's not WR1 numbers. And and the the guys below you on the depth chart, they need to step up as well. But they're also looking and feeding off of you what you are able to do, what you're not able to do. And this also goes back to Isaiah's point as well. We, they knew, the Cowboys knew that Buccaneers linebackers were fast. They knew that. That's why there wasn't much separation. But my question then turns to the coordinator standpoint. Why get away from what was working early? What did we say the primary thing had to be initially in this game? You had to set your tone. You had to establish your your presence by doing what, Zay? Running the ball. Now, be it running behind Tyler or running behind Zach, whatever the case may be, run it. Ezekiel Elliott started out the game very productive. He was getting efficient runs. He finished the game with only 52 yards rushing, but 5.2 yards per carry. They got away from him. When they went back to him, guess what? He was still producing. But at that point, it felt like it was starting to slip away. It became too late. You found something that worked. You got away from it. The two trick plays, you got a, a total of negative nine yards between two trick plays. Defensively, you did everything that you could do. Yeah. Offensively, you did absolutely nothing for your defense, and now you're 0-1. Break it down, Isaiah. Well, in regards to rushing the ball, how long have I been sitting here talking about Kellen Moore's problem that he has in terms of the itch from – you know, the little itch he has from Boise State that he mm. just, the run game's going good. I got to throw the ball. <laughs> I got to throw it. I got to throw the ball, man. <laughs> it's a problem for him. He struggles. That is the area that he struggles with. It doesn't matter how good you're rushing the ball, to your point, Pappy. Kellen Moore has to deal with Kellen Moore in regards to, if that's what it is, that's what it is. Regardless of what I like to do, regardless of what I will want to do, this is the game plan for the day. And when people make the comparison of like a JG and a Kellen Moore, I think Kellen Moore is substantially more creative creative than than Jason Garrett. But Jason Garrett is perfectly fine running the ball all game long, if that's what's working. And I think that Kellen Moore has to reach that maturity. And when he does, he'll be that much better of an offensive coordinator. 
in terms of these young receivers. You had Dennis Houston, an undrafted guy who's Dak's guy, up, and you had your third-round pick, Jalen Tolbert, down for this game. I think that was more of a comfort level decision versus uh, ability level, Mm. personally. I think Dak was like, Dennis Houston is my guy. We talked about this in the preseason. Dennis Houston is my guy. That's where I feel most confident with. It doesn't matter what's invested in him or not. That's where we're at, right? Kamate Turpin obviously was up because of his returning abilities. So somebody had to get the axe. And I think that decision came down to Dak saying, I want Dennis Houston over Jalen Tolbert. I have more rapport with him. In that, I think Dennis Houston, you know, was did what you expected to see out of an undrafted rookie. Yeah. It's his first full speed reps. It's not the preseason, right? This is there's levels to everything in this league. You it's say the same thing about Turpin as a returner too. Absolutely, yeah. Turpin, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is not the preseason, bro. Like these are the these are the real cover guys now. Mm-hmm. You know, so getting to the twenty five is a task. It's yeah. not it's not a for sure thing. It doesn't matter. And it's you on know. tape now. And it's on tape. Yeah. I mean, the, like, as Fossil said last week, the secret's out. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know. So I mean, yeah. There's, so there's strategy that goes with that now. Okay, hey, we're we're closer to the goal line than we've ever been in terms of kicking off. So I can sky this thing up super high, and by the time it comes down, all my cover guys are going to be down there. You're not going to have a lot of space, young man. So that's different. But these young receivers, you know, we talked about CD. My biggest concern with CD was what, Kyle? His leadership qualities. Yep. Not can he get open. Not can he catch a ball. Not the fact that they only completed 18 percent of the passes that they threw his way. But can he lead? And when things are not going well, how does he respond? To your point, there are other guys, young guys, looking up to him. Your veterans are hurt right now. Gallup, hurt. James Washington, hurt. Those guys are not playing. Those guys are not in that huddle with you. They're not on the sideline with you in that regard, right? So even as much as the as leaders as they are, they're still outsiders in, in, the, in that light right now. Everybody's looking at CD, and CD right now in his career is not capable of and not prepared to lead this receiver group. I said it before they played this game. I'm saying it now. Go back and watch the film and look at his body language after every doggone incompletion. He's that that aspect has to grow. He'll get more catches. He'll get more balls his way. All that stuff will happen. But he has to take that next step and say, as much as I want to say Ugh, and throw a fit, there's other guys that are now looking up to me. I'm no longer the young guy. I'm now put in a position to lead this this group, and if I'm not willing to do that, then you got to start looking around and see who's around this league. Now you're that we starting can get. to see how how much of a stabilizer Amari Cooper was, yeah. not not just from a production standpoint, but from an emotion standpoint. His even keel nature was the cool hand Luke of that wide receiver group. Mm. Question now is, who becomes the cool hand Luke? And Really, the whole offense needs it now, too, with Dak Prescott not in the fold for at least four to eight weeks. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's I said, CD, that was my matchup Friday because I th- felt like running – I always say running the ball is important, especially with Dak. He needs the balance, the play-action game, all that stuff. But at some point, you got to hit big plays in the passing game. They had one, I think they had one or two explosive plays in this game. You know, CD's got to step up in that regard. Michael Gallup coming back will help, but you're, you can't – I don't think you can ask Mike to come back from a – serious injury and be like a 60-play MG right off the bat. No. I mean, other guys are still going to have to step up at this position. And now you're asking I mean, them to do it with a QB, too. Yeah, but I mean... But yeah. how does... how does? I mean, I don't know. Maybe we want to hit this later on, but like, how does what happened to... Um, sorry, Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. him coming in and then having to go out. With him, yeah. How does that affect well, your decisions now with Gallup being that they had those the same things, Those things are connected. It crossed my mind. Like, yeah, ham, you, hamstring... You, yeah, I don't think it was a hamstring. They saying it's well, a hamstring. Well, I mean, we can only go by what they said. I'm and he was, I saw. 
Yeah, I'm going up what I saw. There's there's a lot of <laughs> lot of smoking, a lot of smoke that gets put out there. Right? They don't want to be looked at as a team that put their guy out there too quick. Mm-hmm. So oh yeah, it's a it's a hammy. And he was injured two weeks before Gallup was. I believe it was yeah, week 15 as opposed to week 17. Yeah, yeah. So early, early show, show me where he grabbed his hamstring. Well, I thought he grabbed that as calf. <laughs> Got that as knee. Yeah, Up, upper calf. But that's a <laughs> later in the week conversation. That's something ball. we're going to talk about because, <laughs> I mean, at some point you're going to have to need a receiver to step up. And it might be Michael Gallup coming back from injury. It may be Jalen Tolbert coming off the inactive list. Who knows? Hey, kudos to Noah Brown. You need somebody. Kudos to Noah Brown. Okay. Kudos to him. How about that guy being in the system for a long time, understanding that hey, I'm never going to be the guy, right, but just coming in and doing what you're supposed to do, yeah. making contested catches. They targeted him nine times. He reeled it in five times for 68. He was the leading receiver and receptor for this team yesterday. Yeah, it, w- it wasn't perfect, but he, he made some plays for them. And, and yeah, at CD, they, they've got to have number one wide receiver production. Um I want to hit something about the running game and come back. I know we're yeah. over break. Let's go ahead and, yeah, let's take our first break because not only are we going to talk about the running game a little bit more in depth and, and how Dallas kind of abandoned that, but what else was the worst part about yesterday that we haven't hit yet? Stick around. More to come on Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a broken traffic light. Stop and go is the name of my game. It's easy. You go, they go. What was it? They go, you go. (laughs) And if you have the wrong car insurance, these repair costs could stop you in your tracks. So get Allstate's new low auto rate and be better protected from mayhem like me. Not available in every state based on coverage and limits selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back 
to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys from the Star in Frisco. Head to AT&T Stadium on Saturday, September 17th to experience Rally Day presented by SeatGeek. Get ready to cheer on the Dallas Cowboys with tours of AT&T Stadium, ticket giveaways, games, inflatables, and more. Visit attstadium.com slash rallydays for tickets and more information. The Cowboys are going to need you next week. Cincinnati Bengals coming to town. It does not get much easier. Angry Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Angry, yeah. They lost in heartbreaking Bur- be fashion. Yeah, it was not pretty. All right, speaking of not pretty, second time, <coughs> excuse me, second time getting choked up about this, that the Cowboys <laughs> in franchise history have failed to score three or fewer points in their season opening game. The only other time that it happened was when they were shut out against New Orleans on the road in the Superdome. I guess it, this was before the Superdome, 1989. That was Jerry Jerry referenced that game last night. Yeah. That was his first game as team owner. And that was the and last time that that happened. That was a terrible football team that won one game. That, that's why this feels mm. the way it feels. Eerie? Because, well, it, this is supposed to be a competitive team. Let's make you feel worse about it. Fewest points scored at home since week 16 of 2002 against Philadelphia. Fewest points at home, period. What year? 2002. How good was that team? <laughs> Five and 11. There you go. Uh, Cowboys led the NFL in points per game and yards per game last year. And instead, they're held to 244 yards. That's their fewest since week seven against Washington in 2020. Guess what? Dak Prescott wasn't a part of that game either. So, I mean, that was the game where Andy Dalton got knocked out and then you had to go to Garrett Gilbert, right? Right, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, just awful numbers. Awful numbers across the board. It was not pretty for the Cowboys, and it has not looked pretty, at least into the future. So where do we fit? Where do you start? That's my thing is where do you start? What was the biggest problem, Isaiah? When you look at the film, you go back and you review this thing, if you're the Cowboys coaching staff, where is the first place that you need to just completely wipe it clean and, and try and build again? a great question because there are a lot of holes there's a ton of holes let's put it let's let's do this um tyler smith good job young man yep there okay. you go Absolutely. good job really good job i thought it was a great obviously they got forced into it but this is the reason why i think jason peters needs to play guard yeah i think that might happen now oh, well now it's now it's got it has to happen right it has to happen now but this is the reason why i, I said that originally because you're putting Tyler Smith in a position where he can at least feel confidence. Like, like he has memories of him being successful at this. No, not so far memories, right? So put him out there. Even if he trips and falls a couple of times, he at least has something to, to rest on and say, I can do this, right? I've been doing this. So good job to him. That's one area that you don't have to worry about that you thought that you did. So that, that's pretty. So that's big. Sure that up. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Now you go to those receivers. We got we to find a way. All right, Kellen Moore, you have to find a way. These guys, and it wasn't just the receivers. It was Dak being an inaccurate passer as well, which is something he's been battling for the past few years. He has to continue to get better. Well, now he'll have time to review the film um, and and find out where he can be better at. But these receivers have to create some separation. It's not as easy as just lining up and just beating your guy. A lot of times it's not. When you're, when you're going against these zone coverages and things of that nature, it's a matter of the concept. It's a matter of um, finding the holes, sitting in the holes, having the chemistry with yourself and the quarterback, and, and being able to just convert on those things. Contested catches is something that they have to continue to work on. That's drill. You could drill that. You could drill that all day long. Um, but offensively, I think that they move the ball pretty doggone well on the ground. 
I thought they moved the ball well on the ground, and that's an area that we were hoping was shored up. Now that you have that figured out, just trust it more. Trust it. Just go. Just go with it. Just go a game running the ball 60% of the time. Just do it. See how that goes. Don't, don't, don't outthink yourself. Don't outthink yourself. If something's working, keep using it until it stops working. Zeke ended up with five and a half or 5.2 yards per carry. And that's amazing. But he only had 10 carries. Front. Yeah, but that's, but that's amazing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, like run the freaking ball. They were effective running the ball. Yeah. Even, by the way, going back and looking at it, Tyler Smith, I agree with you. He had probably maybe five to ten plays where he didn't do his job right, but the rest of the game he was solid, right. which is great. From a rookie left tackle, that's what you want to see, especially with the situation being what it is. The miscommunications almost the entirety of the game offensively on the offensive line was when Tyron Smith and Matt Farniak had miscommunications in their own pass sets. Pass sets. Farniak was able to go downhill a little bit, and he made some solid blocks himself in the ground game. They never got a chance to get any reps in from pass sets and going backwards, and that's where some of the confusion came. What was going on with Terrence Steele last night? Well, that's penalties with the rash of penalties. kind of – that's kind of where I was going to go in terms of what to fix because mm. I think that's tied into the run game. I'm not excusing the fact going away from the, they need to focus on the run because with a young offensive line, we've talked about this, that can help your young guys feel the game a little bit in the run blocking aspect. But 10 penalties for 73 yards, we're going to keep talking about penalties until they don't have these type of penalties anymore. Yep. And Were they second in the league last year? Somewhere they were first in the league. They were first, first. Yeah, easy first in the league, yeah. I think. And if you just look at like maybe – why they didn't they got away from the run and part of it was those penalties okay you go to the first quarter almost every drive they had a penalty that put them five yards or 10 yards back they had a false start by Terrence Steele that eventually got him in third and eight okay after the field goal drive you go to the second quarter offensive PI by CD they're in first and 20 go to the next drive Tyler Smith gets a false start you're in first and 15 Every time these penalties were, were setting them back down and distance-wise, and if you're looking at why maybe they got away from the run, it's because they did get behind the change to their own detriment, their own fault. So I think that's part of it. But, yeah, still, it's a nine-point game at halftime. You don't have to get away from the run uh, in the second half. And I think, was it, of those ten penalties, right, I think five of them are pre-snap penalties? Yeah, and that's what drove McCarthy. That's yep. what he talked about in the offseason more than anything was the pre-snap stuff. It's, well, it, it hasn't it, been fixed yet. One of the, the the main thing that I said, and obviously there was some some issues with the coordinating of the offense. I mean, obviously, um, but it, it all boiled down to execution or lack thereof. And, and discipline goes to execution, right? Execute your job, remain disciplined. Don't uh, you know put the Cowboys behind the chains. Uh, an offense that's already struggling to move the ball, you don't hold him. You know, false start, false start, false start. So for me, it's it's that in in conjunction with play efficiency. Here's here's something that jumped out at me, and it really kept me up all night because I, I just couldn't sleep trying to fathom this. The Cowboys ran 64 plays on offense last night. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay ran 62 but two fewer plays and you were outgained 103 yards of offense and outscored. What's happening here? Well, I'll tell you what's happening here. You got Dak Prescott, you know, playing inaccurate football last night prior to the injury in conjunction with this wide receiver core 
just not getting the job done. To your point, shouts out to Noah Brown, but also shouts out to Dalton Schultz. Yeah. Dalton Schultz, seven catches on on nine targets. He was – Tough catches, too. Yeah, he, he was – the guy for the most part as far as stability goes in the passing game. And I I think but, both him and Jake Ferguson blocked well yes. at times throughout yeah. the game too. There was one one where Dalton Schultz kind of let a guy go. I can't remember when it's, when it actually happened. The execution uh, or lack thereof for the most part combines with the lack of consistent play efficiency. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you have these trickle-down effects like three for 15 on third down. That's why. And when you're going against a team like Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, when you can step on their throat and win, you do it. You had this game in hand, 12-3. So as as horrid as your offensive output was in the first half, the defense was so stellar. I don't I don't care that Fournette was running. I don't care because it wasn't game-breaking runs. It wasn't changing the game especially in a situation where, as you mentioned uh, earlier, Kyle, the Cowboys were bend, don't break. Yeah. They were completely comfortable giving up the bend, knowing that once the uh, Brady got in the uh, red zone, clamp, 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 time and time again. They were confident in that, and they proved that they should have been because they consistently provided that. But when you're the offense and you get on and you have schematic issues, e.g. getting away from Ezekiel Elliott, which was working, we we saw a couple of plays early in the, in the first offensive series where Zeke and Pollard were on the field at the same time. Oh, here we go. This is fantastic. Mm. Here we go. This is what <laughs> yeah. we were promised. Where, where, did, where did it go? I didn't want to see where that. Where did it go? Yeah. Rob P., Isaiah, Cal, one of the main things we talked about last week as far as, uh, you know, a talking point for how the Cowboys can potentially win this game, throw all your weapons on the field. And and really keep this linebacker yeah. from guessing. Yeah. But what you do, you showed them that you could I see because that. you'd have Turpin and, I and Pollard and, disagreeing with that uh, one. I and didn't Zeke like that. on the field. And, I, I was not on board like, those two being <laughs> on the field at the same time. You don't like that. I don't. No, he didn't. Like yeah, that. I did Fair not. Enough. I did uh, not. Mm-hmm. But where where the tandem of Pollard and Zeke go? And then, you know, you could go, with, and I said this on Twitter, Pollard does a lot of things well. And Pollard Pass was ineffective not too. One of them. Yeah. No, and if that's if that's a reason, if you're looking for a reason why he hasn't gotten as many snaps as people want, I mean, yeah, Zeke makes a lot of money to run the ball, but his completeness as a blocker is yep. a big reason why he's a three down player and has been for seven years. Um, get on something, Pat. We we got half of all our predictions right. I mean, they, defensively, they did what they needed to do. Yep. They held them to under twenty points. Well, you had seventeen. I had twenty one. Yeah. Know. And split diff. 16, yeah. One, one thing you mentioned about, yeah, Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz, they, they were productive in their roles, but that's, I go back to last year, like defenses were satisfied with allowing that stuff underneath. There wasn't enough vertical stuff last Who, year. Who's your vertical guy this well, year? That, that's, that's, and that's, you know, Michael Gallup. <laughs> Both of them are, are injured right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. MG, when he gets <laughs> back, can take the top off, and he can be that, those, those, um, contested yeah. throws type guy but yeah. again he's coming off a major injury yep. I, I don't he, he's going to come back when he's ready but that's a lot to ask of a receiver seven months from from ACL to just so, be BMG right off the bat just maybe he can you, but, you needed a spark last night why not try Turpin on a go route just to, just to see Mickey Spagnola was next to me saying that in the second why not, half. why not give it a shot you yeah. needed a spark so desperately in that second half why not just go deeper in the bag zone. and, and they're say they're, they're sitting yeah. on routes they're and, and playing yeah I want to talk about that a little bit because there it wasn't like Tampa threw something out of the blue to Dak Prescott last night. It was 
simple coverage. Straight up football. It was three-man rush, four-man rush. Oh, and by the way, if they sent four instead of three, for the most part, they were getting home on a couple of occasions based off of some miscommunications up front. Let's talk about the coverages. Let's talk about where the Cowboys go next as we go to our final segment here on Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor <laughs> experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more, Essilor on Talking Cowboys. I got a couple people asking me what's in this red solo cup to spend. Oh. Really? <laughs> <laughs> just just orange juice. Oh man. Just OJ. What's what's in the mug? What's yeah. in the, the red solo cup? And Isaiah's got this his is deja blue. His water. That kind of Monday. It's yeah. that kind of Monday. Hey, you don't need your Essilors to see what happened last night. He's drinking mimosas in the what's morning. Yeah, got to. And maybe stronger than mimosas. I have a question for you, Kyle. Actually, real quickly, really quickly, just real quickly, go ahead. Really quickly, one more stat that's just going to make you feel better about this whole thing. Okay, how long ago was 1935, guys? A couple years ago. That was a little. That was a little while ago. 1935. That's the last time a reigning offense that comes into a season as the number one reigning offense in the NFL 
has scored three or fewer points in their opening game. You're, you're joking, right? 1935, the Chicago Bears were shut out in week one. That's the fewest points in a season opener by a reigning number one total offense since 1933. 33 or 33. It was 35, but uh, 33 was when stats <laughs> that, were that, officially kept. the leather helmet. Was, yeah, my math sucks. Occurred. So what is that, 89? 87 years? 87 years. Yeah, something like that. A literal lifetime ago. Yeah. Good so it's been a while since uh, there has been a performance like that. Now, Last year, the Packers also had a performance kind of like that where they were held in check. I don't have it in front of me where they had, like, I think they only scored like once or twice in that game, too. And right. they were the reigning offense. But and, and by not the, good. By the way, I mean, watching Green Bay yesterday, depleted receiving core, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it looked kind of similar until the very end there. It looked very similar yeah. until the very end. I mean, and then, you know, hey, you want to tag that as garbage time yards, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's yeah. how the game, yeah. that's, that's how it's spun right so mm-hmm. you know and that's an excellent point because Aaron Rodgers all world right yeah Future, supposed to first be ballot hall of famer offensive line questions questions in his receiver core you saw that that deep pass that was dropped which would have been the answer to the Vikings first initial touchdown in the game the, the face on Aaron Rodgers you could just feel him yearning for Devontae Adams mm. much like the Cowboys we're yearning for Amari Cooper last night. Oh, Isaiah. Why do you look so happy? This is a sad time. How do people feel about Coop not being here? Well, they definitely miss him today. I'm on record. It's ship sailed. He's a Brown. Yeah. But I'm on record. You yeah. Could have found a way to keep him. He, I think, I think all he wanted of us, to be here. I think all of us are on record. As a show, I think we all said Amari Cooper not being here is a massive loss. Mm-hmm. It's a big-time loss. Cool hand Luke is gone. So... Where did the Cowboys go? What were you going to add there, Isaiah, right off the top? <sighs> no, go ahead. Go ahead no, go ahead. Go ahead, Kyle. No. no. <laughs> Just in reference to, you know, this wide receiver number one. Okay. Did he, the One of the questions that popped up last week on our show was, do we feel that he is double team worthy? Yeah. Well, we got into that Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Well. We were going to find out, right? We, was, well. Yeah. yeah. What was the answer? No. He was eleven of yeah eleven I targets, mean, two, two receptions. You're basing yeah. it off of last night. The answer is no, no. Yeah, that's fair. Basing it off yeah. of off one of, game. Off of, of the one game. Yes, but no, he didn't make you feel any better. Cincinnati's not going to go throw two guys on him next week. At least not at the beginning. It won't happen. Which There's he no has way. to take advantage of. What is your thought, Isaiah? This is how you bounce back. And we're running out of time, advantage. so I need yeah, you. To... I mean, no, he's fine. I mean. He, he has work to do, along with the rest of the receiving core. Uh, they have to. They have to. Kellen Moore has work to do. Mm-hmm. I'll, just, I'll just say that. Especially with what the kind of work? backup quarterback coming in, he has to get creative without getting outside of himself. That's something that's going to be challenging for him, and I think that he has to find a way to lean on where they're being successful, and whether that's passing down the field, whether that's passing intermediate, or whether that's running the ball. Find whatever that is working, lean on that heavily, and then. Go ahead and use change-ups off of that. But don't go into it just saying, this is what I'm going to do, because that's what it felt like. Mm. Gosh. That, I mean, that's kind of drop the mic. That's what it feels like. Because, it. I mean, it was bad all the way across the board. Don't get me wrong. It was bad everywhere. But Th- Thoughts on Cooper Rush when he came in? I, in a sense, that's your quarterback for the next six, eight weeks. I think that's a wash for me, because – the yeah, game is already I, I, yeah, in I, hand. I was going to say that. I, I'm not going to 
way too much, too way too heavily on rush snaps at the end of a game okay. that, for the most part, the Cowboys had begun waving the white flag. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the equivalent of having an entire week to prepare with the ones yeah. and then coming in as the starter. That's a whole different mindset. Okay, so, so let me so let to me, be fair to Rush, you know, let's let's gauge him based upon next week's start. Well, let's ask that question too. Are you comfortable with the quarterback situation right now? Nobody without Dak Prescott for eight months. But I'm saying, like, if there are other Weeks. options, yeah, and we're it, not if it were late, one or two games, I think you you could split. get through it. Yeah, you could split. But if it's two months? If it's two months. I'm not. Would you look it elsewhere? Might be less than that. It might be, you know, it might be six Fair weeks. Enough. But but yeah, it's going to be a long time. Can't say any names, so don't say any names of t- players on other teams. Right. But would you look elsewhere? Yes or no? No. Now, right now, I, I mean, right now, it's too late. No, it's I, too late. You have to understand that quarterback commands the team. Okay. So you're asking somebody to come in and learn your system and then command the team. Here, here's where they, I am with it. Go ahead. I, they're they're in on Cooper Rush, and, and Rush has shown that he can he can win you a game. Okay. All right. Um, where it gets tenuous for me is stretched out to best case scenario. Let's say five weeks. Let's yeah. go midway. Let's yeah. say five weeks. Stretch it out to five games. Okay. That's where it gets a little bit nervous for me. And what I'm interested to find out in this QB dynamic is can Cooper Rush perform well enough to hold off a talented Will Greer who has a similar skill set to Dak Prescott, who if you if it turns out the Cowboys are going to have some issues protecting the quarterback, Will Greer's mobility, not to say Rush doesn't have some wheels because he does, but he's he doesn't have the legs of Will Greer. That escapability of Will Greer will then come into play, and that will then allow Kellen Moore to be a little bit more creative, a little bit more QB option, things of that nature. So I think that it's it's fine and I use the word fine loosely, the gift with the fire all around me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think that it's it's fine to see what Cooper Rush can give you over the next two games, but absolutely keep that door open for Will Greer possibly coming in and giving you that different dynamic. Yeah, and he'll push the ball down the field. Now that's oh, a, we that's know a, he's, that's he's a, a double-sided coin. He's, he's a gunslinger. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll we'll see. I wonder. I would look. I would look around. Got some um, I think. I think I'm with Isaiah. I think at this point you're in the season. He's known your offense for years and years. Okay. I think. I think he's the guy you roll with. That's what you've been planning to do. Um, could they go add a guy to the practice squad? You just get a third quarterback at least potentially. I think that's something to look at because if you're going to probably sign, you're going to sign Cooper Rush at the 53. What has to happen roster wise now? Well, Dax, I don't see how Dak would not go on IR. Okay. So Dax on IR. At least four you weeks. Yeah, that opens up a spot. We'll see how long Connor McGovern is out. Yeah. If that's a multi-week thing, it, he left in a boot last night. Um, well, J- high, high, J- high ankle sprain, if it's what they're reporting, is four to six weeks typically. It could be, yeah. Uh, J. Ron Curse left on crutches. That was very concerning. We'll call that a knee sprain right now. Would we'll not see. put any weight on it. Yeah. I mean, that could be an IR situation. We'll see. So I mean, three positions. Terrell Basham. Three Terrell, important positions. Terrell Basham looked in more pain than right. anybody. Terrell Basham didn't have crutches, which was kind of concerning because he was barely walking. If if that's a deep thigh bruise or something, so those are those are bad. Now, I will say that the, the Basham injury, um, albeit an, a, a loss, obviously, because mm-hmm. he's a contributor, uh, I think those snaps slide over to Sam Williams. That's yeah. much more of an easier fix I'm than Jerron Curse. Now you have Marquise Bell. Who can, but Bell I'm just looking at not overall roster moves. Right? Yeah. So. Hopefully it's not an IR for all those guys. I mean, they're they're going to do more tests on Curse. You know, they think it's just a sprain, I think. But um, 
Yeah, there's some spots that could be. Definitely Dak will create a spot. He'll be on short-term IR, I would imagine. I know we got to get going, but Curse, what was his – he was up in the air in terms of even being active for the game. What was neck. that? It was a neck, okay. It was a neck, gotcha. and so this is completely separate. Completely separate. Yeah. Real quick, real quick, because it's all about accuracy. Okay. Um, the tandem of playing Pollard and Zeke on the field at the same time. Correction here. It looks like they had them on the field together for a total of eight plays, which would have been about 25%. So, okay. So, they, Kellen Moore is starting to show that. We just need to see more production out of that set. Let's, yeah. Let's put it that way. Let's out of both of those way. guys, honestly. So, absolutely. Let's, Tony let's, Pollard had six carries for eight yards. He wasn't great yesterday either. No, so Not many were. No. Nobody was. And, and Dak Offense. Prescott gone for at least four weeks, probably more closer to eight weeks. Cowboys with Dak, 53 and 33. Without Dak, they are 5 and 7 all time. So we're going to talk plenty about that. Talk about the wide receivers. What do they do with Michael Gallup? Do they bring him back? Is he even ready to go? Is that too much of a risk? We're going to talk about that throughout the week. And this defense, can they be good enough to win you big time football games? Plenty more to come Today. here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Glad you're able to join us here on this Black Monday. It's been a dark one, but we're going to get through it together with our Black Rifle Coffee in hand, and we're going to make sure that you know everything about this Cowboys situation moving forward. For Chris Beam, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, and Patrick Walker, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long for Talking Cowboys. We'll see you tomorrow from the Star in Frisco. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!